No one likes getting caught doing something bad. It brings on feelings of guilt and shame, emotions that we try to avoid at any cost so as not to damage our self-esteem. But when we do get caught, we want to lessen the stigma of liability and deflect potential punishment. And we do that by working through reason or just flat out lying. The criminals on this list have some doozies. You won't find any dogs eating homework here. And you know what they say, excuses are like armpits and problems. We've all got them. But the attempted murderer at number one has plenty to go around. you weirdos. Welcome to Crime Countdown, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Ash. And I'm Elena. Every week we'll highlight 10 fascinating stories of history's most engaging and unsettling crimes, all picked by the Parcast research gods. This episode, we're counting down the top 10 worst criminal excuses. Okay, so this countdown, at least for my half of things, is a literal gold mine of terrible excuses. I love that. That's what I came for. Yeah, I have a full moon slash werewolf excuse. Okay. Uh, there's spiders on my side. Uh, there's spiders making excuses or excuses <laughs> about spiders. You're gonna have to wait and see, my friend. Okay. I also have Winona. So, and that's not even number one. What? We don't even have no. I haven't even mentioned number one. You have Winona. I have Winona. Your side of the list like sounds like majestical in a strange way <laughs> to me. Is. My side of the excuses here are honestly just downright silly. <laughs> even I could think of better excuses for these situations, but you know I probably wouldn't find myself in any of these situations. But, yeah, that's disclaimer. True. But yeah. I do tend to think that in the past I've been able to come up with some pretty genius excuses. Do you mean like that time uh, you said your iPhone got stolen out of your school locker, but in reality it was stolen off a stage at an underage club you had no business being at in the first place? Like that? That's exactly what I mean, <laughs> because that was a pretty good excuse, man. None of these people got away with it, and neither did Ash. I did it. I was grounded forever. <laughs> yeah, and especially my number one who tried to lie about the absolute worst kind of behavior. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. The worst you can think of. Well, that's how this whole thing works. Elena has five terrible excuses on her side of the list, and so do I, but neither of us knows what the other ones bring into this countdown. Let's start the countdown. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. There's a new class of blockbuster drugs. Drugs like Ozempic. They're changing bodies. And all of a sudden, just the weight starts falling off. Fortunes. It just got too expensive. They're just bank breakers and industries. There was a lot of excitement. There was a lot of skepticism. The impact of these drugs from business to health is just beginning. From the journal, Trillion Dollar Shot. Find it in the journal feed wherever you get your podcasts. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like... What the f*** is going on? 
Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. 10. I'll start us off with number 10, speeding driver Matthew Cook. If you've ever been stopped by the police while driving, you've maybe heard a cop ask, do you know why I pulled you over? The answer is most likely speeding. But there are some people who will try desperately to get out of the ticket with creative reasoning. Matthew Cook's excuse for driving 103 miles per hour in a 60 miles per hour zone is a choice. So 2010, we're in Sussex, England. The police get a call reporting a man weaving in and out of traffic. Like, do not be that guy. Yeah, don't be that guy. Nobody likes that guy. That guy doesn't even like that guy. I hate that guy. Witnesses also claimed that he was gesturing wildly at other drivers and smoking a cigarette. Again, like, both hands on the wheel, sir. (laughs) No. Like, stop. So the driver was clocked doing 103 in a 60 miles per hour zone. Like, I've never broken 100. I am a fast driver. I have gotten very close to 100, and that's another story for another time. I was like, I'm pretty sure you were pretty close. Yeah, I've been point. pretty close, but but I've never hit it. I'm I'm not a fast driver. No, you're not. I'm at a all. pretty normal, but I'm not a slow driver either. No. I'm just like a middle of the road kind of person. You've always been like a very good by the book driver. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. You're a great driver now. Yeah, I got it all out. You in my did. Early you, days. Got, you really did. It's like night and day. Thank you. <laughs> well, the police finally pull this guy over, and they discover that the driver was Matthew Cook. Cook was terminally ill at the time. So sometimes when you have a prognosis like that, the risks probably don't seem as high. Oh, I can't absolutely. imagine. But here's the excuse. Cook didn't blame his speeding on his illness. He told the police that his dyslexia prevented him from understanding his speed dial and the numbers. Huh. <laughs> so like part of me wants to roll my eyes and then another part of me wants to like kind of like give him like a very subtle thumbs up. Like that's that's not bad. It's not a bad excuse. <laughs> but even if that's the case, does that make sense? Because there's three numbers in your speed. <laughs> Uh, maybe he thought he was going 31. But like, why is there a zero? Because it's England. I don't know. <laughs> it would be 301. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not dyslexic. So maybe it does change the way you see it. But it's three digits. I think they also were like, well, then you probably shouldn't operate yeah. this vehicle. My, my eyes are rolling so hard that they just like slammed into the back of my head. I know. It I, hurt. I wonder if it was true that it was his dyslexia. Like, could they have tested that out somehow? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I have never been pulled over before and like given a a crazy story or anything like that or even an excuse. In fact, the time that I got pulled over for going close to 100 on the mass bike, I pulled over before the policeman even put his lights on because I knew I was going too fast. I remember that vividly. And he said, he goes, uh, he was like, why'd you pull over? And I go, well, you were behind me. And he goes, do you always pull over when a cop is behind you? And I was like... Uh, I plead the fifth. You're like, no, sir. Thank you, sir. <laughs> no, no, yes, sir. Thank you, sir. <laughs> See, the only I've only been pulled over like twice in my entire life. Yeah. And one time I was speeding on the highway when I was like a teenager. And the guy looked at my uh, date of birth and my birthday is three days after Christmas. And he looked at it and he goes, your birthday's three days after Christmas, huh? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, does it kind of suck? Like with presents? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I guess. And he was like, 
happy birthday. And he just handed you me were like, like, it was like, slow down. In the middle of that, you're probably like, sir, what are we I doing like, here? What's going to happen? Is this a trick? What's happening? Yeah. yeah. I think he was just like busy or something. And he was like, <laughs> I like, wasn't like, screw it. And I wasn't speeding like crazily, but I, I think he was just like, let's just scare you a little bit and then just leave. Oh. It was a weird <laughs> scenario. At least both of us were honest and we didn't That's come true. up with wild excuses. I didn't excuse it. I was like, yeah, I he knew what I was doing. It. He excused it. Birthday did. excuse. He did. Birthday pass. Hey, we all got it. Nine. At number nine is Ohio's drunk werewolf, Thomas Stroop. Okay. <laughs> Police in Lorain County, Ohio, got a call in May 2011 about a man being violent at a campground. When they got there, they encountered 20-year-old Thomas Stroop, who was drunk and arrested for underage drinking. But it's the story that Thomas told police about why he blacked out that got him on this countdown. And it involved a full moon. I am fully here for this. I'm very much here for it. So a friend of Thomas's is actually the one that called the police that day. He said Thomas was being violent with other campers and animals. Oh, no. Get out of here. Don't be like Thomas. Goodbye. Everyone, don't be like him. Police get to the campground and Thomas is passed out drunk, reportedly surrounded by, quote, numerous knives, swords, and other edged weapons. You know, typical camping gear. Other edged weapons. Why did he have all that? How vague. Where did that go? Did that go in your duffel? Where did that go? Did you put it in that crazy backpack that hikers wear? What's? Why do you have a sword? Multiple. Sword <laughs> suh. Sword suh. <laughs> yeah, I don't what know. What are we doing here, sir? Well, they woke old Thomas up from his slumber. Picture that. Hold on. Just, Picture that. Just, excuse me, sir. Did they, like, gently sinner. nudge him? Did they, like, poke him with a stick? Like, what did they do? <laughs> what is this? And he decided to then growl at the officers. But who hasn't growled at someone for waking them up in reality? Again, I plead you know? the fifth. Well, Thomas then reportedly spoke in a, quote, thick Russian-like accent, telling one of the deputies, quote, I'm going to kill your cousin, Keith. (laughs) I don't think that was Russian, but that's what he sounded like. I know it. (laughs) It was Russian-like. That was was audio ripped right from the scene. I don't know if you knew that. (laughs) I'm going to kill your cousin, Keith. That deputy does not, in fact, have a cousin named Keith. So that's good. (laughs) So There's the light at the tunnel there. I love that that's like a thing. They were like, by the way, everyone. He does not have a cousin, Keith. (laughs) I'd be very concerned if he did. Yeah. We don't want to leave the people wondering. I mean, poor Keith. I'd be worried. Yeah. Needless to say, he was promptly arrested and apologized to the officers. Nice. But you've, you've already messed with animals, so I hate you. You're probably wondering, what's the excuse here? Oh, yeah. So the excuse was that Thomas claimed that a mix of the vodka and the full moon caused him to act out because he was scratched by a wolf in Germany. (laughs) Oh, Uh, okay. So he's like the Russian accent. You know, I got vodka. Yeah. Okay. There's a full moon. Yup. And then on top of all this one time in germany i was in germany and a wolf did scratch it scratched me (laughs) it scratched like it's making scratching movements with her arms it scratched me so all of that together that's what happened here yeah i think he hadn't sobered up yet well uh thomas was charged with underage drinking since he was 20 years old (laughs) yes and this was close to the location of another strange event where another young man claimed to be a vampire and threatened to eat the police officer's organs so you know what? 
maybe that's not an excuse. Maybe something weird is happening with this area. Yeah, that is truly something. Eight. Number eight on our countdown of worst criminal excuses is an unknown Swedish woman's one-eye defense. Yes. <laughs> Correct. In 2008, a 56-year-old Swedish woman, who isn't named in reported stories on this event, got behind the wheel of her car drunk and started driving. It goes without saying, but we will say it, do not drink and drive. Luckily, the police caught up to her before anything bad happened. And then she made her argument in court, and it was quite a Hail Mary. I guess that's the time to do it if you're going to do it. <laughs> that is. It's the place. This was during the summer of 2008. Other drivers on the road in Sweden took notice of a car swerving erratically. So the police get called, and they track down the car, being driven by our unnamed driver. For two miles, police use sirens to try to get this woman to pull over and stop her car, which at first she doesn't seem like she's going to do. Turns out she's not in a clear state of mind to either recognize what's happening or she's just straight up ignoring them. But eventually she does stop and the police give her a breathalyzer. Can you guess, Elena, how many times over Sweden's blood alcohol limit this woman registered at? Three. Not at all. She blew a blood alcohol level of 10 times above the allowed Swedish alcohol limit. How is that possible? How was she living? What is reality? 10 times over Swedish legal limit. Like, what? I feel sick. I'm going to vomit. Like, I'm sick for her. Literally. Like, how much alcohol is that? Too much. So the excuse in her defense, which you'll be surprised to hear the court did not accept, um, was that her driving was, in fact, not affected. It couldn't be. Oh, okay. Just like throw it out then. Like who stole the cookie from the cookie jar? Couldn't be me. me. Couldn't be me. I love that. They're just like, oh, no, it it just wasn't. No, my judge was not affected. Oh, our bad. You can leave now. We're so sorry to have taken your time. Very sad we inconvenienced you. Well, why couldn't it be? Because she was driving with one eye closed, so she wouldn't have even had double vision from her drinking. Duh. (laughs) I, just like you, have no words. I... No words. I, she said, that's, I had one eye closed, so it's fine. That is the both the dumbest thing I've ever heard and the most brilliant abstract excuse I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it is a bit abstract. <laughs> like, well, wow. this woman was sentenced to two months in prison for aggravated drunken driving. You don't say. I do. And she remains unnamed publicly, which is amazing news for her in an otherwise bad situation. <laughs> yeah, so she keeps her reputation, happen? which yeah. who knows what it is. At number seven this week is hit-and-run driver Lee Alexander Solarski. Solarski was driving through Fargo, North Dakota in his 1998 Dodge Stratus back in 2010 when he hit a parked car in a mailbox and then just kept going. Don't do that. Don't do that. When police caught up to Solarski, he claimed he lost control of the car because he was being bitten by his friend's eight-legged pet. What pet has eight legs? Don't you worry, I'm going to tell you. What? 
So when the hit and run incident happened, luckily there were witnesses that took down Lee Alexander Solarsky's license plate. So this isn't one of those things that we have to worry about. Like, oh, did it happen? Did it not? Right. Witnesses were like, no, it literally was him. Just saw, saw it. it happen. <laughs> Police were able to track down Solarsky and question him. This is where he could have made up anything or just taken responsibility for being reckless. But not Lee. He's got an imagination, that one. Don't they all? Not Lee. He's creative. Here's the excuse. Couldn't be Lee. Couldn't be Lee. So Solarski told police that at the time of the hit and run, he was being bitten by a tarantula. Obviously. Oh, this is the spider. Hello. Like, so he said, I, I like I did the hit and run because a tarantula bit me. He's like, oh, no, no. Uh, yeah, I totally remember that. Like, that happened. But like... At the time, <laughs> in my defense, I was. I was being chewed on by a tarantula, so. I mean, I would want to know more details, at, yeah. at the very least. Well, he said the spider actually belonged to his passenger, and that when it bit him, he lost control of the car. Fair. Obviously. Fair. And to be honest, I've had one of those teeny, tiny, tiny little, like, spits of a spider do that little thing where it comes down on the web, and it's the one where you barely see it. Mm -hmm. So it's not gonna hurt you, but it comes down right in front of you when you're driving, and I have almost almost crashed yeah, just from that. All of a sudden, you're like, I have no control of anything in my life. It, there is never a time where I'm more out of control of my entire life than when I see a spider in the car. One time I was driving, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw this little like blue jumping spider, mm -mm. and then I watched it crawl behind my like rear view mirror, and oh, I was no. like, oh good, you live inside of my car now. <laughs> You're part of my car and now. And then I was like, how long until you come out of the vents? No. Well, I sold that car. And you know what? Australia. Australia, I've seen little like TikToks and stuff where yeah. somebody's driving, and one of those big crazy spiders just is like hello like out of their vents and i'm like and they're always so chill and casual like, in there. <laughs> like, that's not australian on, mate but <laughs> not good eh? <laughs> not good eh? but yeah no i so you know what if a tarantula was gnawing on me at the time i would probably hit a mailbox as but well but then you would pull over and not leave the scene well, that's the thing. That was his mistake. And sadly for Lee Solarski, a very brief investigation <laughs> never turned up a physical spider or any spider-related injuries. So they didn't even have a spider. What about a friend that they like? Did he, they scan his friends? He made up a spider. Aw, dude, come on. That's a dumb. That's a really yeah, dumb. Yeah, that belongs one. on this yeah. list. Damage to the pickup he hit was estimated around eight thousand dollars. Oh, so he hit that thing. He hit it. And he also had several other pending DUI and drug charges, which did not help. Oh. Solarski had also previously been convicted of aiding an offender and sentenced to a year in prison in connection with um, an axe murderer. I like that you left that detail for the very end of this. So you know what? Something tells me that Solarski is the spider. I think you're right. And he's just taking chunks out of everything. I'm going to go with that. Six. Also on our list at number six is Charles and Pernella Bull. The Bulls are a couple from St. Paul, Minnesota, where they were arrested after breaking into a house while the owner and her kids were home. When police arrived, they found the Bulls in possession of some pretty expensive items. Items they claimed were free to take. That's, oh. a, that's a no. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. You, you're free to yeah. go then. Yeah, okay. So what's the real story here? 
The owner of the home said as she put her kids to bed, she heard someone in her house. Stop it. Number one worst fear. That's horrifying. Yeah, like biggest fear. So she went to check it out and she saw Charles and Pernella Bull going out the back door. The Bulls got outside and started loading up their bicycles with their stolen items. Bicycles. Bi- what are they, Mrs. Gulch? <laughs> like, what is... What do you mean, bicycles? What are You're they, just, Mrs. Gulch? What are you doing? <laughs> Listen, even, even thieves need to be fit. Ew. Now, before they could get away, a neighbor showed up and helped stop them from getting away. Heck yes. Maybe like jammed stick in their spokes <laughs> or something. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, what did they do? Just grab their handlebars and be like, stop. <laughs> in the name of the law. Stop it now. Well, in the name of the neighborhood watch, stop. <laughs> I am the neighborhood watch. When the police showed up, the homeowner had the bulls detained in the driveway. Heck yes, they Whatever did. that means. <laughs> According to local CBS, the bulls had stolen, quote, a toolbox, a laptop computer, a desktop computer, various tools and wires, and a large blue duffel bag containing the woman's purse and various items. Just while she's home. And um, they were getting away on bicycles. Yeah, where are you going to put that? How are you going to carry a, box? A, a desktop computer? Like, <laughs> not only do you need the monitor, you need the actual computer. Like, is there a basket big enough for that? I literally was like, a toolbox? And you're like, like a, a whole desktop, desktop computer. <laughs> and a laptop, for that matter. Wow. Everything. That's, that's ambitious. It is. So, obviously, there's an excuse here. I gotta know what it was. When the police questioned the Bulls, the couple said they believed the house was listed as a quote-unquote free house on Craigslist. I'm sorry, is that a thing? <laughs> it's when the homeowner has to leave immediately, so they list it so people can come claim the stuff that they left in the house. If I don't know if that's real, but like... I was just gonna say, is that real? I, maybe they said it was real. Hello, this is a free house. Like, what? <laughs> like, I also feel like that's really dangerous, because you could just go on Craigslist and name any address as a free house. Yeah, no, that that's weird. No. Pernella Bull said when they entered the house, she even asked... She even asked Elena, is anyone here? And no one answered her, so it was a free house. Oh, well, then why are we even talking about this? Yeah. They had free reign. Obviously, she asked. As long as you walk into someone's home and say, is anyone here? And they don't immediately answer you, you can take whatever you want. Yeah, she just assumed that the house was abandoned and started taking things. It seems very reasonable to me. I'm flabbergasted. Yeah, Pernella. How is this not number one, to be honest? <laughs> actually, my number one's really bad. You're like, wait a second, let <laughs> me like, back, you know, it, back up it up Actually, this is not number one. Well, after checking, just to the moral of this story is that, um, no, the house was not listed on Craigslist. Oh, oh good, I was wondering. <laughs> right? Not a real thing. No. Pernella. Pernella. What would have happened if the woman was like, yeah, someone's here. Yeah, where they were going to be like, oh, sorry. Sorry, thought this was a free house. Sorry, thought I was going to steal your stuff, but I guess not. And that poor woman is putting her children to bed. Seriously. I'd and you're in here just taking my desktop computer. On your bicycle. <laughs> like, what are you doing? The Wicked Witch of the West over I, here. Yeah, Solarski, though. Can we talk Solarsky. about Solarski? Solarski. I was defending him for a minute because I was like, yeah, like I've had a moment, like you said, where like the spider will come in the car. Like, yeah. have you ever had a moment too where you're like, oh, did something just bite me? Oh, yeah. 
or you think you see like a bug out of the corner of your eye and you're like, was that a bug? Yeah, like I've never done like a, I've never like hit anybody in no. that moment. And like, if I did, I would pull over and pr- probably cry a lot. Yeah, you would not like hit and run. Yeah, I wouldn't Solarski it. You wouldn't Solarski it. And but I the also, fact that he just made up a tarantula accomplice, like that's yeah, like Why very did your intense. brain go there, sir? Very strange. I am loving this. Oh, wait until you hear number one, oh. my friend. I'm kind of nervous for number one because of the dark look in your eye. It gets dark. Okay. Like, these are like, oh my god, crazy. But number one, you're like, oh. <laughs> Let's make oh. our way downtown. Let's do it. Pinocchio. Sleeping Beauty. The Little Mermaid. They're all iconic Disney movies. But did you know the original versions of these stories did not end with a happily ever after? Hi. I'm Alastair from Parcast, and I'm hosting a new Spotify original called Once Upon a Time. For nine weeks, we're commemorating the 120th anniversary of original Imagineer Walt Disney's birth by lifting the curtain and comparing some of your favorite Disney stories with their earliest tellings. Once Upon a Time will chart Disney's career triumphs, as well as the crushing defeats that almost ruined it all. We'll also look at what it took to bring these stories to life and why Disney's adapted versions became so memorable across generations. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Once Upon a Time. Listen free and exclusively on Spotify. All right, let's jump back in with number five on our countdown of worst criminal excuses. Starting off the second half of our list, drunken horse thief, Tracy Nadine Ellenberg. Tracy got lucky that she was only given a ticket in 2009 for disorderly conduct. Police in Pickens County, South Carolina were flagged down by a concerned citizen who witnessed Tracy drunkenly riding a stolen horse down Main Street. If that's not enough to unpack, wait until you hear her response when police asked her if she was in fact drunk. I always love when they ask. Like they know, but they're like, just for S's and G's, they're like, hey. By are any you chance drunk? are you uh, crap faced right now? You uh, feeling pretty good right now? You uh, two sheets to the wind right you now? Like, you a little tipsy? Yay. You, She's like, you no. party tonight? No, of course not. <laughs> the concerned citizen we mentioned told police there was a woman riding a horse down the street, <laughs> weaving back and forth and causing traffic problems. That'll do it. The poor horse. I know. He was probably confused. He was probably like, what is happening? One news report said she was, quote, riding down the center yellow line and was barely able to stay on the horse. The I gotta horse. say it. I'm less concerned about her, her and more concerned about the horse. Like somebody could have hit him. The horse is forefront in my mind through <laughs> this whole thing. I'm like, but is the horse OK? Me as well. Yeah. Officers responded and found the horse named Fancy. <gasps> Fancy, don't let me down. Fancy the horse. They found Fancy tied to a bench outside a convenience store. Like, what is this, a movie western? What are you doing? You can't just go in the saloon for a minute and tie up your horse. What are you doing, woman? What are you doing? So with the horse located outside, inside that convenience store, police found Tracy Ellenberg trying to use the phone. I need to know what trying to use the phone was, by the way. Trying to use the phone. Because she wasn't 
actively using the phone, she was attempting to. She was giving it her all. I don't so know what she that like means. Yelling at them to let her use the phone. Was she like trying to? I like... don't know if she was holding it under her armpit and hoping <laughs> that was going to work. I don't know. <laughs> Tracy could have been doing anything. I don't know if she was just laying on top of the phone and trying to like use it by osmosis or something. She's looking at the phone very intently, trying yeah. to like telepathetically call someone. Who knows? We got to read this report. So officers said Tracy smelled like booze. I'm shocked. Crazy. She couldn't stay steady checks out wild and was slurring her speech i'm no expert but i think she was drunk (laughs) i'm an expert tracy (laughs) was gone yeah she was having a moment tracy said she was riding the horse to her boyfriend's house why though and they're like all right you're still drunk though (laughs) exactly so here's her excuse when police questioned tracy about her sobriety her response was basically that quote she wasn't drunk the horse was why is the horse drunk? I'm not drunk. It's that crazy lush fancy out there. <laughs> fancy is the one tipping back the martinis. It's not me. I'm just picturing Tracy and Fancy at a bar just tossing back martinis with like blue cheese olives. Yeah, she was like, Fancy's the one that acted. She ordered that extra martini with the extra olives. I tried to cut her off and she said, bartender, pour me another. I tried to give her some of the peanuts to soak it up, but she wasn't feeling it. <laughs> like, fancy. Like what? I was trying to get her home. I don't even think my drunk brain has ever been that like <laughs> disorderly. Well, poor Fancy's out there just being like, I'm not drunk. <laughs> She's also, also, I'm not your horse. She's like, nay. <laughs> nay, not, nay. I'm not drunk. <laughs> but she eventually admitted that she had a six pack of beer before riding that horse. And the horse's owner also didn't press charges, which like poor Fancy. I know. Landing at number four this week is Pittsburgh carjacker Micah Kalamoska. In July 2011, Pittsburgh police officer Robert DiGiacomo was sitting in his unmarked car keeping an eye on a possible suspect in an assault. What he didn't expect was that the suspect, Micah Kalamoska, then attempted to carjack him while he kept watch. And then Kalamoska was told he was under arrest. He invoked the Dark Knight movie as his reason for doing what he was doing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so let's, you know, let's get into it. Like, I'm, I'm going to need some connections here. People love to blame movies specifically on their bad decisions or music. Oh, bad people will always blame everything else besides their own bad behavior and bad choices. Yeah, it's like, no, it's actually just you. You chose to do it. Let's unpack this, though. Batman didn't tell you to. He didn't. He told you not to do that, actually. He's a good guy. But around 7 p.m. on a Saturday night back in July 2011, Officer Robert DiGiacomo was just doing his job. He was in an unmarked car, no uniform. DiGiacomo was on the lookout for a possible suspect in an assault. That suspect, Micah Kalamoska, comes walking down the street, opens the passenger side door of Officer D. Giacoma's car, gets in, and tells the undercover cop to get out of the car. He's taking it. Uh-oh. Get out of the car. I'm taking it. He's like, I'm literally a police officer. Like, to be a fly on the wall when the officer pulled out <laughs> his gun and then told 21-year-old Kalamoska to get out of the car because he was under arrest. He's like, you're not taking the car, actually. I love that he gets in the he gets in the car and he's like, get out. I'm stealing this. And he's like, no, you get out of the car. You're under arrest. <laughs> and now you're going in the back of the car. <laughs> you're like, you're going to stay in the car, but not in the seat that you would like to. You know he was thinking, like, of all the gin joints in all the towns. <laughs> 
I got into this one. (laughs) I can't even imagine what was going through his mind at this point in time. But he quickly tried to walk his way out of all of this by saying that it was all just a misunderstanding. Oh, yeah, that happens all the time. He said he was actually stealing the car as part of the script for The Dark Knight Rises, which was filming in the city at the time. I'm sorry, what? He was, it's part of the script. You may be wondering, what role did he plan to play on that amazing film? Yeah. Um, well, there is no listed credit for Micah Kalamoska as an actor in the movie, The Dark Knight Rises. You don't say. So he was charged with robbery of a motor vehicle. You mean he was lying? Yes. Oh, Micah. So crazy. Three. Number three on our countdown of worst criminal excuses is actress Winona Ryder. The Stranger Things star spent a day back in December 2001 at Saks Fifth Avenue in Los Angeles doing what store security said she called research for a role. In reality, she was doing what police and ultimately the courts called shoplifting. (laughs) Her defense in court went even further in terms of the reason she was in trouble. But as one prosecutor put it, quote, she came, she stole, she left. End of story. I love that she's like, research, and they're like, a crime, (laughs) a felony. (laughs) This was a massive tabloid story back when it happened. Maybe we'll add it to another tabloid celebrity arrests episode. Ooh, let's do it. I remember when this happened. It was huge. Yeah. Winona Ryder shoplifted in 2001 and had a six-day trial in 2002. For a second, can we just like reflect on how wild the early aughts were? It was the Wild West. It was. (laughs) It truly was. She was found guilty of grand theft and vandalism after taking over $5,500 worth of stuff from Saks Fifth Avenue in Beverly Hills. To be fair, at Saks, that was probably three items. She took a coat. (laughs) She literally (laughs) did. She took a stick of gum. Store security said they followed her movements throughout the store before witnessing her cutting the tags off the merch she was allegedly stealing. Ooh. So here's the first excuse. Saks Fifth Avenue security chief testified in the trial that Winona Ryder said she was preparing for an upcoming role and was shoplifting at the direction of her director. It was probably like, I did not say that. <laughs> the director's like, hi, no, didn't tell her to do this. <laughs> also like, don't call me into this trial. <laughs> I am directing a movie. <laughs> don't want to do She's no longer in it. So we have another excuse. During the trial, Winona Ryder's attorney said the store employees were lying about what the actress said to them. And they were lying about seeing her cut tags. And they planted evidence on her. He claimed the employees then tried to capitalize on all of it by selling the story. Her defense lawyer was clearly swinging for it, apparently. He really was. He's like, they're liars. They threw this merchandise at her and then they said, go, go, go. Oh, yeah. He Babe Ruthed it. He like pointed out of the park and was like, that's where I'm hitting it. Yeah. I I'm feel going like for that. it was going to be like a swing and a miss. Yeah, I don't think it worked. So counterpoint to the excuses. There was security footage that showed Winona Ryder stuffing items into a hat with tags still on and gathering a bunch of clothes. Yikes. But her lawyer said this was just her shopping and security harassed her while she was being detained by the cops. Hmm. The store stood behind its employees and Winona Ryder apologized. A beautiful ending. So everybody's happy in the end. And you know what? Winona's got to come back. Yeah, she was going through time. She was. And now she's here. Four. 
Ah, Winona. Winona, you know, she was really gone. She was gone through it. She really was. I think so. And I think it ended okay, you know? All's well that ends well. That's really all that matters. My personal favorite on this whole part of the list, like you keep promising number one is going to be really good. But again, the darkness in your eyes freaks me out. It should. So my own personal favorite is um, the horse, Fancy. Tracy uh, blaming poor Fancy the horse for being the drunk one of the two is uh, a real move. I'm going to be telling that story for days to come. (laughs) It's a real move. (laughs) Like, wow, you really really brought that to this countdown. Yeah, offensive. Offensive, Tracy, okay? Seriously, how dare you? Don't slander Fancy. How? dare you how dare you well that wasn't even the top two like where there's been several on here that i've been like wait what number are we (laughs) yeah my next one is like sad and wild oh no the excuses are getting dumber so i'm very excited and darker yeah yeah because i'm definitely gonna end it on a dark note okay let's finish this out man let's do this We're down to the final two spots on our countdown of worst criminal excuses. At number two is Lisa Carol Roach. If you were to believe Lisa Roach's story from 2014, then she's a national hero who fought against terrorism. But when police were called about her actions, what they witnessed on security footage was Roach vandalizing and stealing from cars in the parking lot of her children's school. That's a really bad look. National hero or ultimate loser? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with <laughs> You <ladder>. decide. <laughs> so in October of 2014, we were years into fighting the war on terrorism following 9-11. And there were often reports of alleged terrorist cells within the U.S. It's not a bad thing to be on the lookout for suspicious behavior. In Jackson County, Mississippi, Lisa Roach was one of the people who wanted you to believe that she was a patriot. Police got a full view of the kind of patriot she was when they responded to a call about missing items from a school parking lot. It just so happened to be the parking lot of the school where Lisa's kids attended. Oh, this is yucky. Like super messed up. When security footage was checked, police watched Lisa on tape drop her kids off at school and then just start cruising around the parking lot. What? Like drops them off like, have a good day, make good choices. I'm not going to. Be kind. She was then seen breaking into cars and stealing items, including sunglasses. Important. Duh. The police followed her until finally they stopped her in Alabama, where she had a pair of sunglasses reported missing by a student. What? Yeah. So the excuse? When police questioned her about her actions, she claimed she was, quote, looking for ISIS terrorists. Stop it. Stop it. In the parking lot of your children's school in the cars? You stole sunglasses, honey. What's about the sunglasses? Hello? No. Ridiculous. She had no military or intelligence background, which would probably be crucial in that kind of activity. You would think. Definitely. The sheriff's department said in an interview at the time, we have no reports of terrorist threats through the Joint Terrorism Task Force of the FBI or anything in Jackson County. But if you think there's terrorist activity, please report it to your local law enforcement. Don't try to become a one-woman war against terrorism waged in the parking lot of the local schools. (laughs) Don't just steal things out of cars and pretend that you're waging a war on terrorism, He's like, I feel like this goes without saying, and this is kind of a waste of my time, but I do have to deliver this speech. The fact that I have to tell you all this. And Lisa was charged with commercial robbery of an automobile. What the heck, Lisa? She a mess. Come on.
one. And that brings us to number one on our countdown of the top 10 worst criminal excuses, Daniel Sterling. Sterling was found guilty in 1997 of attempting to murder his girlfriend three years earlier. It goes without saying, there's never a good reason to try to murder someone. But Sterling's case delivered a handful of excuses when it came to explaining why he chose to repeatedly stab his longtime girlfriend. I knew that this was dark. Told you it was dark. I didn't know it was this dark. The darkest. November 18th, 1994, Lisa Stellwagen had been dating Daniel Sterling for eight years. Oh, wow. That's a long time. But on this day, he didn't tell her he loved her. Instead, Daniel looked at her and said, quote, I want to kill you and drink your blood. And tonight you're going to die. Oh my God. Can you imagine how terrifying that would be? Eight years you've been with someone? And you just wake up and that's what they say to you? Well, later that day, he followed through on that threat. No. And stabbed Lisa seven times in the chest and back. What? Lisa spent two weeks in the hospital after the attack, almost dying of blood loss. But thankfully, she survived. Can we take a minute for Lisa? Can we take a minute for Lisa? Stabbed seven times in the chest and the back and she survives? By her, like, boyfriend of eight years years. Yeah, like that's a domestic partner, my guy. Oh, it's horrifying. Daniel was charged with attempted first-degree murder, aggravated mayhem, mayhem, battery, assault, and domestic violence. Good. So what happened to make Daniel turn on Lisa, especially after being together for so long? Yeah, like how do you go eight years without this happening and then it all of a sudden just like, boom? Well, this dude had a handful of excuses for this, not just one, a handful. No, there's no excuse for this, sir. So first, prosecutors argued that Daniel Sterling was angry because Lisa was going to leave him and she had gone out with another man. So the classic try to be like, oh, he was a spurned lover. Yeah, always. So that's a reason to murder someone? Okay. Yeah. No. So the second excuse was that prosecutors said Daniel called 911 after stabbing Lisa and initially blamed it on an unknown black man. Well, that's messed up. So right away, like I said, we have that jilted lover excuse. Yeah, stupid. And then finger pointing at a completely unknown assailant. So no, this guy is the worst. So the next excuse, the night before the attack, the couple had been to see the movie Interview with a Vampire. They just Great movie. went to the movies the night before the this night happened. The night before this happened. Like, what? Can you imagine? Shared some popcorn. He had to have been thinking about it. At I would that point, think so. Right? I don't know. Well, after being arrested, Daniel Sterling told the San Francisco Chronicle, quote, I was influenced by the movie. I enjoyed the movie, but I cannot sit here and blame the movie. No, you can't. Good like, good job. You cannot. But just you bringing up the movie and saying you were influenced, it. you're trying to blame it without blaming it. And that's even more annoying it reminds me of the john hinckley jr case in our Mm -hmm. dangerous obsessions part two episode because he was obsessed with that movie taxi driver yep and he thought like the plot of the movie if he tried to kill a president that jody foster would love him him, which okay i don't know how you get from point a to point like after z there yeah it was definitely a half-baked plan i would say that as was this now while prosecutors painted a picture of an angry boyfriend being broken up with Daniel Sterling's defense team took a different approach. His lawyers claimed that a history of mental illness ran in Daniel's family. They attempted to convince the jury that because of Daniel's mental state, he didn't have intent to hurt or kill Lisa. 
Lack of intent would have meant he could not be found guilty of attempted first-degree murder or of aggravated mayhem. I feel like when you pick a knife up and start stabbing somebody, that's usually with intent to kill. Especially when you said earlier in that day, I want to kill you and drink your blood and you're going to die tonight. Yeah. I feel like that's like pretty there was much that shows intent. there's some thought behind that. So the judge and the jury did not buy the defense's arguments or weirdly enough, the interview with a vampire influence. Wow, they really didn't go for I that? I know, shocking. Crazy. Daniel was found guilty of attempted murder. Good. And the jury foreman said in an interview, quote, he knew what he was doing. He was in possession of his faculties. It was an obvious case of domestic violence, which I agree. Mm-hmm. She added, quote, you know the guy was insecure and this girl was leaving him and he couldn't control her anymore. This was the last way he could control her. And I'm so glad that it wasn't. That's right. Lisa clapped back. Good for Lisa. Love her. Yeah, I would say number one is number one. Yeah, don't think anything else belonged there. No, attempted murder and excusing that will always be number one. For sure. Yeah. I can't think of like anything that was left off because I can't think of just like random excuses, but I bet we could do another one of these. Yeah, because the only one I can kind of think of is like David Berkowitz being like, oh, Oh, my neighbor's dog was possessed and good one. His name was Sam and I'm son of Sam and I had to do it because but then it's like, I mean, it was an excuse. Yeah, no, that definitely could have been on here. So there you go. Yeah, maybe like number two and number one. I think we need a part two. I would love a part two. There's got to be a lot more. (laughs) Seriously. There's got to be. Well, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Remember to follow Crime Countdown on Spotify to get a brand new episode delivered every week. You can find all episodes of Crime Countdown and all of their podcast shows for free on Spotify. And if you like this show, follow at Parcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. And if you like us, which I hope you do, you can follow our other show, Morbid, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter at A Morbid Podcast or on Instagram at Morbid Podcast. We hope you keep it weird until Monday and keep your excuses to yourself. Crime Countdown is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Parcast. It was created by Max Cutler. Sound design by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Anthony Valsic. Fact checking by Cara Mackerlein. Research by Mickey Taylor. It's produced by John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and Jonathan Ratliff. With production assistance by Ron Shapiro. We're your hosts, Ash Kelly and Elena Urquhart. Walt Disney had a gift for storytelling that resonated with audiences. From a puppet who wanted to become a real boy to a mermaid who yearned to be part of the human world, Disney has developed relatable and unforgettable characters. Hi, it's Alastair from Parcast. Join me for Once Upon a Time, a special collection of Parcast episodes celebrating the original Imagineer himself, as well as the origins of Disney's most iconic characters and stories. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast once upon a time and catch new episodes Mondays free and only on Spotify.